You are now listening to the All Black Everything podcast, and this is the second of my commercial-free Kwanzaa tapes. Today's principle is Kujichakalia, which means self-determination, to determine ourselves, name ourselves, create for ourselves, and speak for ourselves. For today's episode, I chose the interview with Jasmine Gates, the creator of New Black History Maker. If you're not familiar with it, just Google the name and you'll see the shirt immediately. This is an incredible brand, an incredible woman, and an incredible interview. In this episode, we welcome Jasmine Gates to history. This is her episode, New Black History Maker. So we'll just hop right into it. Firstly, I want to thank you for taking the time and being a part of history in this way. Considering the work that you're already doing, it makes sense. So I'm just excited to speak with you and hear your thoughts. I'm really looking forward to this. So welcome. Okay, thank you. I definitely appreciate being, I appreciate the space, first of all, um, that it's here and available for people. So I'm, I'm honored to be here. Oh, thank you. So... We start with the word association, and I picked out five words or phrases, and you just say the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, and it could be a phrase, a sentence, or just the first word. So the first word is Afrofuturist. Mm, like freedom. Yeah. Next phrase, black business. Wealth, I guess. I think, yeah. I'll say just a... Well, yeah, like black wealth, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And the next phrase is white fragility. Mm. I guess like unnecessary. 100% agree with that. <laughs> and the next phrase or word is mentorship. I think that's one of the biggest things that we miss in the black community in terms of like projection. I, I am, a, I'm a massive, uh, um, I don't know, I don't know how to say it. I, I am super, super supportive of all things mentorship. Mm. Like I, in my, in my lifetime, I've already, I've already started two mentorship programs in the two colleges that I went to wow. uh, in an undergrad and at, and one, one grad school, I started, started the mentorship in both. So okay. I a hundred percent agree with you when you say that. Right. Yeah. It's, it's so necessary. And I'm, I'm a, you know, I've tried to make sure, even though I'm young, that I'm already so in that seat because, you know, with me being 25, there's people that are 24 and younger. Um, so it's like, you, what are we just going to let them not have mentors or, you know, seek out the older mentors? Like, no, they need us. Right. Too. Exactly. So I'm, definitely that reach back to pull forward is like the goal. It's so, so necessary. All right, and last word is community. It's beautiful. It's, it's the reason for like any success that I, I mean, that and God, of course, but like it, when we can exist in a space with just us 
and like our positivity and, and thrive off of that it is the most beautiful thing. Absolutely. That's awesome. That is awesome. Okay. So let's hop right into the questions. Okay. If your life were, were a book, what would its title be and why? Um, it would be New Black History Maker. I totally was expecting that. I was hoping that you would say that. That's awesome. So you're so, hoping that I wouldn't or that I would? Uh, no, I was hoping it would. Okay. I was, I was looking forward to it. And, okay. and why? And, and why? Um, I think I've just, when it comes to this, I always say it's a God assignment. This is something that God literally gave me and he gives you your desires based on like, you know, but, or he gives you things based on the desires of your heart. And this is my literal heart, you know, like to affirm and empower black people. So I always look at, I mean, the brand and I'm like, yo, I would be so mad if he gave this to somebody else, you know, like that's what it is. Like I just move in blackness. Um, and then I'm young also right now. So maybe in like 20 years, that wouldn't be the title of the book, but I'm also young. So it's like, yo, it, it's a, it, there's a new version here. There's a new person in town. So that's why I think it would, it would just be fitting. Awesome. So the cool thing that I like about uh, this podcast is it's, it's, um, it's a time so in many ways, but it's one that we can, can revisit. And that's one thing I'm looking forward to because I actually actually want volumes where we, we come back in 10, 20, 20 years. Because for me, I, I tend to believe that uh, where you are, you are at five. And then when you, you compare to where you be at 45, it'll be completely different exactly where you, where you want it to be. The problem, problem is at 25, you're thinking about it, but when you're at 45, you're not thinking about it. So you don't think about it in the same way. way. So it's not like, you know, you know, when I think about the five-year-old me, I'm like, what did I want to do? I'm doing what I wanted to do for sure. Yeah. But is it exactly in the, in the same way? Not in, not in the way I envision at all, but like you said, it's a God assignment. Like I'm doing it exactly the way that even though I didn't envision it, it's the way that I love doing it. So. Right. I 100%. I, f I, f I feel that way. Thank you. All right. So next question. Talk about a moment or experience that shaped your life. So about a year ago, uh, exactly. Maybe I think tomorrow makes the year. Uh, I went wow. down to it was in the wake of post George Floyd and uh, people were now speaking about Breonna Taylor. I had got on Instagram and one of my like good friends she had posted that it was Breonna Taylor's birthday and there was this organization that was sending letters. So if you can imagine, like, for the sake of, you know, when we look back, 2020 pandemic, George Floyd um, was just murdered. So the world is in an uproar and I'm not a, a protester. I, I'm not one to go and ask for people on the other side to give us anything, but I'm one to be on the home front and make sure that Black people are good. So I reached out to a bunch of black women that I know, maybe about 20, I'll say. I sat in my bed. Um, it had to be June 2nd, I think. Yeah, because it, June 2nd or June 3rd, I sat in my bed till about 11 and I just called these black women that I knew. And I'm like, yo, Brianna Taylor's birthday is Friday. I want to get us all together. I know it's COVID, but we can be in masks and be distant. And then also it will be at Bruce's Beach. Bruce's Beach is the once. Uh, it was once black owned. Yeah. So this is when Bruce's Beach wasn't on social media. Nobody was really talking about Bruce's Beach. So I'm like, we can't get into a building, but it's an open space. Let's go here. So um, I put the flyer out around three that day. So it had literally Wednesday afternoon, Thursday, all day. And then the event would be Friday. Um, 
And like I said, I called my close friends and I'm like, yo, we need to be together. Let's not celebrate, but just we need healing. We hadn't really seen each other. Um, It was a lot going on. I was emotionally in like one of the lowest places because of all that was going on and because of the heart that I had for black people. And then seeing the world kind of like commercialize us in a way, like I know a lot of people were happy about it, but to me, it just, it didn't sit well with me and my energy, my spirit. So I was like, let's just go out here. Like we need to heal. There's no yelling. We're not asking anybody for anything. We're just sitting here on a land that was once owned by our ancestors and then, uh, you know, honoring Brianna Taylor's birthday. So um, I remember I was on the phone driving there. I had picked up some balloons and some cupcakes and my friend is like, well, how many people are going to be there? You know, COVID. And I'm like, there's going to be like 30 people. I get there. And it's funny because Channel 7, ABC 7 News, they take the parking spot that I'm trying to get. And I'm like, why are they here? Are they trying to catch the water? Like, you know, whatever. So I go find another parking spot and I see people coming up with balloons because that's what I asked, come with a balloon um, so that we can release it. And um, I I mean, by the time people stopped coming, it was 200 people there. Um, and Channel 7 News was there to record the event. Wow. So, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm telling my friends, like, I I can't talk in front of these people. Like, why did I ask these people to come? Like, what is this? You know, and and I literally like broke down because I couldn't say anything. And I saw one of my friends and I like literally like ran into her arms and broke down. And I'm like, okay, let's go. So we had the event, you know, it was poetry. We had cupcakes, balloons and all of that. But it was what kind of catapulted the growth that people see now with new black history makers. Um, something that was so simple. I gave the timeline of putting the, the flyer out and it literally not even 48 hours later, you know, being there, but um, people knew like, yo, new black history makers does, you know, cool things. So at that point we only had a black shirt. There was no website. I think the Instagram had like 150 followers. Um, but that day was like, it was very purpose. And I was like, if there's any time that I would want to make the news, it's for doing something for Black people on a land that was once occupied by our ancestors. And that event is literally like after June, I think it was 5th of 2020. Like I still, we still haven't come down from the growth and it's been a year. So that kind of was like that life shaping moment. And I didn't realize it in the moment, but now that I look back, I'm like, yeah, that was, that was the start of this growth that people are seeing now. Man, that was, that was, that was a huge moment. That, that was, was like, like what, what you just out of nowhere, let me call my people and, and let's just do this. Like it, it just came to you like that. Well, yeah, because Man, it, I, I, yeah, I needed some, I needed something. Right. And I'm a leader. Right. So Oftentimes we don't get the spaces that we need to create it for us. And we have to create the events that we need or the spaces. Um, so I, I know that God has given me that gift. So I needed something and I was like, okay, well, nobody else is doing anything about it. Let's do it. So that's essentially like how that came. Wow. Thank God for you, man. It was, that was, he, he called you to do, to do that. That was intentional for sure. Yeah. I, I feel that too. Thank you though. I'm 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 especially sad now that I missed it because I'm I'm like I told would have I would have been there if I even even in the arena people that knew like oh oh man I, that sounds that's incredible that's awesome awesome thank you all right so uh, we'll move on uh, what is your legacy 
Um, I guess it's that I, I, I would hope that my legacy and the, the black identity of it is, is coming together, but I also am like a preacher's kid. So I want the church to understand the importance of like the, the justice work, right. And the, the community, like I've seen, you know, my grandparents and my parents work hard to make sure that people benefit spiritually but I think it's also equally as important to make sure that we benefit spiritually and just as Black people. Um, so that would be my hope for my legacy that I'm able to bring the two worlds that I'm in the most together um, and make it important for the, for the church to talk about it because no, there's no other space that Black people are in more um, and, and as frequent than the church, we don't really yeah. do too much of anything that, you know, there's sports and stuff, but you talk about every week, um, in churches across the world, essentially black people are there. And I feel like that's a, it's a, um, an anchor in our community. So I would love to help bridge that. So what do you want five generations from now to know about you? Five generations from now, I would like for them to say like that I basically was the one that people came to when things needed to like get done as it related to like the black community and not me per se, but um, well, you asked about me. So yes, me and the brand and stuff, um, but that I like, I did what was needed to be done regardless of the fear that came from other people. Um, people are always like, you just speak up and you're like, you say whatever, you know, because I, I don't feel right when things are wrong. So I want them like five generations to be like empowered by my voice and, and to understand, like, speak up when something is wrong, when something is not going right. Even if it's something as little as in a grocery store, all the way to injustices that are affecting us on a grand scale like you were given yourself for a reason like you deserve a right you have a right to speak up for yourself i agree uh thank you for thank you for sharing that message so when i started putting together the criteria of who i interview on this show um, um eventually just got got down to it identify as black, as black and that's the only rule i really have but my first thought was anyone that does any kind of uh notable work where like a celebrity, right? right? You can look at celebrities work, either acting, singing or whatever, and you could look up their history and see all, all of the stuff that they went through, developed or whatever. So they wouldn't, wouldn't really need to do a podcast like this, this right? And the more I talk to you, the more, the more that I'm, I'm seeing, you won't need this podcast because people will know you, period. Just because the way that you, you operate, that you think, the way that you think black people and care for black people and advocate for black people, you, you will like history figure because you already are. Thank you. But you will be known regardless. I know this this for a fact. Like I feel it just from this from listening to you. So keep doing, doing what you're doing. I wanna, I wanna especially encourage keep doing what you're doing because people will know you no matter what. I know it already. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're very all right. Moving on, moving on. Do you even reparations? Why not? And what does it look like to you? Do I believe in reparations and why not? Do you believe in and then why or why not? Mm -hmm. And what does it look like to you? Okay. 
Okay, so I said earlier, and this is something that I stand by, I'm I'm not a fan of, not I'm not a fan, my assignment is not to ask the other side for anything. So there's someone, that's someone's assignment, it's not mine. So it's like a 50-50 for me in terms of do I believe in it? Because also I want to be realistic. I know that at the end of the day, if I can empower people, Black people, with wearing I'm a new black history maker or just feeling like they belong somewhere or feeling like they have power and they go out and they make the life that they want for themselves and we become successful even without reparations. That's the work that I want to exist in. But if you if the people who were assigned to that work, if they happen to get it done, I'm not opposed to it, of course. But what it would look like is education, not not by these universities or anything but it's also like education like let's talk let's see what it is that we are good at let's give options to our children let's give options to ourselves um and then also let's understand who we are as black people and understand like that there has to be an allegiance to us first i think before we get any form of like money or opportunities we have to have more of a sense of pride in black people because if not, those reparations will filter right back into like white people's pockets. Um, so I speak of education in that this form of education can start in a home. It can be from, from you to me. It can be from the mentoring that we have, but there has to be education on why it's okay to be proud that you are black. Um, and we'll we'll handle things a lot differently um, if we have that. So for me, it just looks like like I, I mean, it's the education piece. It's opportunity. It's um, not having people that are not black in spaces that are like gatekeepers. Right. It's like put us there and then allow them to make the decisions on whether we deserve X, Y and Z or not. But don't give me a, a scholarship to go to. A PWI like don't do that or don't you know right don't oh we're we're busing kids from the inner city out to like these so-called good schools like that's not what it is like give us the money so we can like enrich ourselves basically so you said something there and there that uh, really really hit home with me you said um the education for us to to learn that it's okay to be proud of being Right. Like, like that was one of the biggest things that, that I chilled with, with coming up with this podcast, because I was like, I was so used to, to what the, I guess, white standard of what is, what is history is, you know what I'm saying? Like you have to have to be super excellent at, you know, maybe one of three categories or one of nine categories. And if you, if you black, sometimes I really don't even count like just, just the standard of what is notable in history and what is uh, worth no noting. And if, if you got black standard, none of that is important. So I had to even start at that place. So just being proud out of being black and, and knowing that it's okay. Mm -hmm. So many people need to hear that because yeah. I've, I've spoken, spoken to many people, even in my family where I'm like, yo, I want, want to interview you from podcast to add you to history. And then their response is like, I don't have nothing to tribute. I didn't did nothing notable. I'm like the fact that you're alive black today, mm -hmm. period is a story worth hearing, you know? Yeah. So, so I a hundred percent agree with that. Like people need to, learn learn that it's okay not only is k it should, should be standard yeah to be proud to be black yeah definitely definitely and i've had you know, the same response 
um, even with new black history makers, people are like, well, what makes you? And I'm like, anything like their t-shirts because I want to like normalize like it's not just the first black president it's not just the first black CEO like if you decided to eat healthier right like your highest point is going to be the plateau or the zero ground for like the next generation right if I learn how to do my hair and keep it healthy and grow it out right and not put a whole bunch of things in it right that my children are going to like benefit from that so I'm making history. I'm I'm changing that. Even if I decide like to to be a little more peaceful, to not go back and forth with my family, that's making history to me. So I've had that people like, well, why why would I wear it? Or I don't feel like that's what I am. And I'm like, the great thing about it is I always say we're either here to empower or affirm. And and everyone fits in one of those two boxes. So it, it, it's either you look at it and it brings you out of something or you look at it and it continues you on your path. Absolutely. I 100% agree on that one. Mm-hmm. So tell story about a family member. A story about a family member. Um, wow. Well, a story about a family member. Let's see. I'll say with my dad um seeing him kind of like just advocate for me um you know in a lot of different spaces and I guess this is not if it's speaking to like him overall um like even now when I see people that know him or they'll ask me like, oh, well, who's, they'll they'll know because of the space that I'm in that I belong to someone with the last name Gates because of the church or something like that. So they'll be like, oh, who's your dad? Or even if it's like on my grandparents' block or something um, where he grew up, um, they'll just be like, well, who's your dad? And um, I'll just kind of be like, you know, David's my dad. And the response that I get is like, oh, you know, like what, what's going on? Like not what's going on, but like, oh, she's to be left alone. Like, don't, you know, bother her. And I know, um, well, when I was really young, I don't really remember the story, but I've heard it so many times. Um, I was, my uncle was supposed to be watching me, my dad's brother. And I guess he had me like walking down the street or something. And, um, my dad, I guess he like saw us walking. He's like, why is my daughter, you know, on the street or whatever. So like he pulls over and like comes to get me. Um, and that kind of just speaks to like, Instead of him being like, okay, whatever. And I'm sure we weren't going to go do anything crazy. Like, you know, he had like right. a little kid with him, but that's just how my dad has always been with me, like just protective. And I feel like with that, um, it's allowed me to know that I can move how I want to move because I'm like protected. And that kind of also goes with like God too. But that story just always reminds me of like how he is towards me, even though I'm grown now, it's like, I'm very protected. So I can kind of say what it is that I want to say um, because I know who I belong to and as in my natural father and then also like my spirit, you know, with God and stuff. It's like, it. I'm gonna say what I want to say. Um, and, and also there's a responsibility with me. Like, I'm not going to say anything crazy, um, but I'm going to challenge like norms and stuff. So my dad has given me that like cushion, like, I will always, you know, have your back. Like you won't fall short here. Nice. That's beautiful. So, so I, um, 
a, a couple of episodes back, or not a couple, a lot of episodes back, um, one of the things that I, that I brought up was the power of, of Tech the Black Woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for me, there's 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 thing more beautiful because a protected black woman looks out for everybody. I don't even I don't even know how to say it. Like it, it, it the world better when you protect women. Like like people kind of just throw the 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 phrase and hashtag or whatever whatever. But there's a lot behind when you protect the black woman. It it, it does something better for the world. So I'm I'm really really appreciate that you're. I've been checked on it because I'm an advocate for black men. I mean, you know how we met. So. Um, I'm an advocate. I have three younger brothers, so I'm always advocating. And I also come from a two-parent household, right? My my grandparents have been married for like over 50 years. My parents have been married for over 25 years. So I've had experiences with men, you know, that good experiences. So people have been like, well, not everybody has that, you know? So I understand the privilege that comes with it. And then, you know, too much is given, much is required because I have been given those relationships. I'm required to move differently and advocate differently. So, um, you know, I benefit from it, but I also make sure that like, I show those benefits through like my actions and my works to others. I, I have nothing to add to that because that was incredible. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So what, what do you love most about being black? I love it all. I love it all. Um, of course, like my hair, I love my nails braided now, but I love like it in its natural state. Um, I think I know that I have like just this innateness to be like a beautiful, like internally. Um, And then, yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, I said this in a post a while ago, especially as it relates to like being a black woman, like you would look at a group and you're like, oh, I want to be a part of them. Right. And I feel like that's black woman. Like, it's, you know, people want to be a part of what we do and be who yep. we are. And I'm like, I'm, if I could have been like input, like birth into any group, I would pick, you know, being a black woman, you know, um, it's like love it's, there's a peace there. And even though like, we don't like America doesn't treat us the best, like we still have access to like all of those things like internally. So there's like a rhythm, you know, to our voice and stuff. Like we just encompass so much internally that, and that's why like, we're still able to thrive in a place where we're treated so negatively. Like it's just like a Pandora's box, basically. Yes. A hundred percent agree on that one. What do you think about current times? Current times. Um, so I think we have a long way to go. I can often sit and have conversations with you, right? And feel like, wow, we, we're making progress, but it's right. like people are not like us, right? So I think we as Black people have to start doing a lot more work in-house on the home front. Like, yes, it's a battle, it's a war, um, but not all of us. There's too many of us trying to be on the front lines and not a lot of us trying to be at home birthing like the new generation and not just a simple fact of like birthing the generation here but like back in the day these moms didn't leave the house after they gave birth to their kids for about three months and me growing up in the church like that it was you didn't see the new baby you saw the mom pregnant but you didn't see the new baby for about three months come into the church so I feel like that's something that we need to do like 
the importance is not trying to ask people to give us anything. Like that's not it. It's to strengthen us so that we can go out and even in lack still be like bountiful. So yeah, I think right now, like we can talk about police brutality, right? We can talk about all of those things. And yes, they need to change. Those things need to be advocated for. But at the end of the day, like we got to be stronger. We have to be better. You know, we have to do the work internally um, and then also love on each other. Like that's the key. Like we don't love on each other as much as we do. We we post the hashtags and we post different things, but like we don't really love on each other the way that we should. Um, And I think that's what stands out to me. It's just like, how can we be better here before anybody go before I'm unpopular opinion, probably, but how can we make a better Kamala Harris? You know, like how can we make a Kamala Harris that we are not skeptical about? That's kind of it. Just where can we, how can we make it so that we're not as skeptical about some pieces? And and that goes to for a lot of different, you know, key players, but we look at Kamala, right? She and a lot of people's eyes have has reached the top, you know, the peak. It's like, whoa, you vice president. All right, cool. But then like a lot of us are skeptical about it. But then what yeah. happens? We on the home front are doing a little more um to make that like better to not be skeptical about her you know right because we're pushing the mentorship we're pushing the next generation and being like you might have views that are a little iffy you might shake things up but it's okay because we're here we'll back you we'll support you what was your first experience with racism with racism mm-hmm. um so i went to an all well, it was a diverse school, but not diverse with blackness. Um, so almost like everything else for, for elementary or private school. Um, and I, my dad has always said like, you're, I'm good at math. My dad is good at math. So I kind of took after him and I'm his only girl. So, um, I've, I've taken after math. Math is now like my favorite subject. So I'm in fifth grade, I think. And there's two incidents that I remember. Um, one, I remember my teacher saying to us, if you, if anyone in the class gets 100% on this worksheet, it's a math worksheet, um, you'll, I'll buy you lunch. So, okay, I go home and I'm, I'm about to get this lunch and I'm very like just strategic in the way that I'm doing this work. And I knock it out. I'm like, okay, I feel like I did good, cool, whatever. Um, I think I had left one of the, like, one of the um, scratch papers, I had left, like, one at home, right? So I turn it in, she gives it to everybody, and she says to the class, well, nobody got it all correct. So I'm like, okay. And I don't think I had my paper yet. And I'm like, well, where's mine? So she comes over to me, and she's like, "Um, cheating is not allowed. And I was like, what? And she goes, yeah, cheating is not allowed. I know you probably wanted the lunch, but um where's the rest of your scratch sheet and I'm like I literally like I feel like I I had turned into a black woman in that moment and I like told her like how could you come over here and tell me that I cheated you can see some of my work just because you can't see all of it like that doesn't mean that you call me a cheater and she was like well I'm not trying to offend you and I'm like 
but you just came over here and called me a cheater. So then I go, she's like, well, if you can bring it, I was like, I don't even want the lunch. Why would you? And I'm like, fifth grade. I'm like, I don't want that. So that to me showed me she wouldn't have did that if it was any of those other kids. And it showed me one, always, always be able to prove yourself. Always never forget the scratch sheet of paper at home. Even though I knew that I did the work, you know, never forget it because people won't think that you're capable, even though you are 10 times over, right? Even though we've done the work, I sat there, I remember going home and saying, I am going to, like, I literally had line, you know, the line sheet of paper that's like this. I turned it this way so that I can put the numbers in the lines and match them up so that I wouldn't get confused. Like, I remember doing that work. Wow. And being strategic because I had a goal in mind. And second one, it's another thing with math, same school. Um, there's a math decathlon. So the top students in each class get to go. Um, I'm like, I'm just take the test. I didn't really think I was going to get be able to get picked or whatever. I took the test. They picked me. They picked me and you would have thought they picked somebody that hadn't been with these kids. I've been with these kids since I was in kindergarten. So they knew my intellect, right? These kids flipped out. I mean, for the next three days, I was getting so many comments. Like, I think some boys said something to the extent of like, well, you're just like a black spot in the earth. Like, how did you get picked? Like, just harsh things. And now that I look back on it, I didn't understand how to perceive those things you know um but i look back on it and i'm like yeah those are definitely like racist issues um having to do with my intellect you know so it was like literally three days and i don't remember everything but i remember like i kept coming home to my mom and dad like i don't i don't think i want to go you know like like i was starting to like internalize what they were saying to me and it was just like those kids were so shocked that i got picked and i'm like i haven't been in here not doing the work like I've I'm sitting here with you guys all the time and fast forward when I graduated from there I was the only black kid to get the presidential award wow so you know things came full circle but that was to me and like I didn't nobody had told me I I mean I found out the day of graduation when everybody else found out and it was like me like the one that you guys kept putting down but it was just one of those things where um I didn't realize it was racist until I got older and realized like, oh, that's, you know, those are those things because I was very sheltered as a child, right? That wasn't something that they just put in front of us or told us about. So those were definitely my my first like encounters. It's like, okay, th- this may have to do with my skin color. And lastly, fill in the blank. All black, every, everything means blank. All black, everything means excellence. Agreed. Wholeheartedly. Yes. Jasmine, thank you so much. So, so, so much interview. I I am, I am excited to see how this plays on, on, on online. Just one, one, you're fantastic. Thank you. People will know your name. Uh, regardless of how you operate, people are going to know your name, name because operate from values that are deep, deep seat in the right things, mm. right? So many, so many people have the right vir- virtues with themselves to be able to operate in a way that brings more beauty into the world. You do, 
you're going you're gonna to bring so much more beauty into, into the world. You've already so much. Thank so you. I'm extremely appreciative that I even know you. Uh, I'm uh, looking forward to seeing the history books. I'm looking forward to seeing all of the work that you do. And you're you're 25, yo. Like, like you got so much space to run with. So, so I'm so excited to see. Because if this is where you are at 25, the sky is the limit. Literally beyond the sky is the limit. So, so I'm so excited to see all this that you do. Thank you. I definitely appreciate that. Like I said, I appreciate Black spaces, because um, oftentimes with me, it's a little difficult. I know people, I can exist wherever, right? But people yeah. are like, well, it has to be Black if you want to bring her on. And I'm like, no, but I'm going to talk about Black people. But I appreciate spaces where, because like I said, as a leader, I've created new Black history makers because I needed that, right? Um, so to have a space that I need created by someone else and to be able to come and experience the space is, is something I definitely am appreciative of. So thank you so much. And the questions, the conversation was really good. So I'm excited thank, to thank you. Back. Yeah. You are listening to the All Black Everything podcast and you just heard the incredible Jasmine Gates. Thank you so much for participating. Thank you to you for listening. I hope you're inspired as much as I am. This is the commercial free Kwanzaa tapes for the Y'all Black Everything podcast. Thank you for listening. See you tomorrow. Peace.